This is Recovery Revolution Live. The episode you're about to listen to is live and unedited. If you'd like to join us on the live stream, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook.com slash Recovery Revolution 100 or search Recovery Revolution Live on YouTube. Welcome to the Recovery Revolution live show today. My name is Carl, one of the co-hosts of this show. And today we are being joined by Ashley Morris. Or excuse me, Brett Morris. Ashley Morris. Ashley Grimes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for that, guys. Uh, then, I'll answer to whatever you call me. <laughs> That's right. That's All right. Close. Nothing like starting out the show and totally screwing it up. But you know what? I have learned that in recovery, sometimes we can recover from our mistakes and still move on. Guys, welcome to the show. I hope everybody out there is having a fantastic day today. Welcome to the Recovery Revolution Live show. We have a wonderful show lined up for you today. And I want to remind everybody out there to hit that subscribe button on YouTube so that you guys are able to get our notifications when those are coming up. And also click on that bell. That's going to allow you to get that little ding in your phone and let you know every time that we post comment to that so I hope all of you are having a great day. Ashley and Brett, how are you guys doing today, man? Good. Yeah. I'm tired. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Thursdays are long. There's like Thursdays are long, right? There's, there's a meeting at five, yeah. a meeting at five thirty, then the one five thirty <laughs> goes to seven. This is at eight. Right. Yeah. Wow. What okay, what time is it there for you, Ashley? Because you're in Florida. Yeah, it's eight eleven. Wow, eight eleven, man! See, That's that throws like, me it's off right so after much. Lunch time for Carl. Yeah, right. I just got done with lunch. I mean, like literally, probably like three hours ago, I got done with lunch. Um, we we eat a very uh, <laughs> a late lunch at <laughs> at work, um, but lunch was awesome today, man. We had ribs and a salad and and everything else, so it was uh, definitely a good time there. Um, so happy uh, Thursday to everybody. Um, I was reading some news today, Ashley, and I wanted to um, know if you have heard about this in Florida and with the Disney um, scandal. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on in the world today, man. And, you know, a lot of things that are, are coming across <laughs> the newsreel. Thank you, Brett, for that. The newsreel. Um, but, Ashley, how are things in the state of Florida as far as recovery goes and advocacy and and all of that stuff? Do you have any updates you can give us? Um, well, Florida is an interesting place. 
Mm. Um, but we have passionate people that are passionate about change. And so hopefully that, you know, negates some of the bias and stuff that's hurting people um, and going steps back. Yeah. Brett probably can understand some of it being in Texas. Mm -hmm. um, but speaking of the news and changing the subject, because I'd much yeah, rather absolutely. talk about something good. Yes. Did you see um, in the new budget um, that Biden was putting out that they removed mm. the word abuse from all the budget lines? So there's the word abuse has been taken out of everything. Oh, okay. So what is what does that mean as far as the verbiage like that goes? How is that a positive impact for the recovery community and the support that they're looking for to help other people with addiction issues? Well, I mean, they, you know, if you look at the shattered proofs, like statistics, they say like, what is it? 80 to 90% of people with substance use disorder don't seek help because of stigma. Mm -hmm. And then 30% of people with mental health issues don't seek help because of stigma. Yeah. So if just changing the words instead mm. of making, you know, like they had the office of recovery now, instead yeah. of, you know, when you're in recovery, you should celebrate that. You don't right. need to, you know, let's not talk yeah. about abuse today. Like, let's talk about, you know, recovery. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like that. And also, if you look at a... Um, at a DSM-5, you know, it's not a substance abuse disorder. It's a substance use disorder. And Randy, thank you very much for um, putting that up there. Uh, I, I threw that up there, Brett. Um, but, you know, if it, when we do our diagnoses in the professional industry, uh, you know, we're diagnosing for a substance use disorder. Um, so I, I really, um, I like that. Um, I, I actually didn't know that. I, I didn't hear that yet. So thank you for sharing that, Ashley. That's um, definitely true. And Randy, you're right. The narrative is everything. Um, you know, and that narrative even goes back to how we tell the story of our clients coming in, but I could get on my high horse about that all evening long, but I would like to bring our guest in today, which is a gentleman who is the student of recovery. He also is um, heading up the recovery advocacy project over in the state of Maine, and he has been featured in journey magazine which is a recovery based magazine and um his name is marshall so marshall brother we want to welcome you to the recovery revolution live show yo it's awesome to be here and um marshall's my uh, he was my coach or narrative coach for mobile recovery i feel like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome man Brett, you and I have got to get to this mobilized recovery thing that we keep hearing about, man. I, I kind know. of feel like we're, we're like the outsiders, dude. We are. Tell us more. Well, listen, we're still in Vegas. I mean, I'm still in Vegas sometimes. I still feel like I'm there. I've never been there okay. before for all this. I, I never did a lot of this stuff that we do now before mm -hmm. this. Um, uh, when I got into the main recovery advocacy project, it was like, it was a hard ask. It wasn't even quite formed yet. I was actually on with Courtney Allen, and we were helping her phone bank to get into um, city council. And she asked me, "Oh, well, next year we're coming up on um, with this this thing that we're going to do." And um, I'm like, "Yeah, what's this thing?" <laughs> Started talking about this advocacy project. And um, previously, before Jesse Harvey came up and was trying to get me involved with those things as well too, but I, I wasn't ready for um, advocacy or policy or anything. I thought, you know being at the centers or just being into recovery, we could help, you know, combat it on the streets. Um, I didn't know the effects that we could actually have 
by talking to our um, politicians. And believe it or not, a lot of these politicians, they're really with us, man. They're really one of us. Um, we got a lot of politicians in, in Maine that are in recovery as well, which has made a lot of things easier. People coming out and recovering out loud. Um, for a long time in our Maine, as most of you must know, we like 10, 20, 30 years behind. So you would think like things changed out there in America and Maine, we're still, we're still 1940 sometimes with some things. Mm -hmm. So five years ago, everybody got like this campaign of stigma. Like I guess I hear you guys talking about right now, um, the stigmatic, the stigma that goes on in the streets and the reason why we as our people in recovery have a hard time um, coming out because we're afraid to be getting these labels. Um, we were going through that hard back in Maine. I mean, you're talking about the language. Everything was um, uh, labeled first, person afterwards. So therefore, we in prison, we prisoners, right? So the label of a prisoner is put upon us. Now we treat it like a prisoner, not a person. So as that label is put upon us, and we treat it like that, we also start to believe the things that we're treated like. And then we put those labels upon ourselves. Um, language is everything. Randy, thank you for putting that up there. Um, I know I don't consider myself a drug addict. Um, I don't consider myself anything but a student of recovery just because of remaining teachable. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know nothing about recovery, right? When I got into recovery, I got into a, a faith base, which is still my pathway. I, my beliefs, um, my creator, who changed my heart. But when I first got out, and that's how I found, that's all I knew. I didn't know about MAT. I didn't know about um, harm reduction. I didn't know about all these other things and other ways of recovery. I knew about this one way to recover. And um, think about the people that we're, we're combating against. Now, I don't want to use combat, but we're trying to educate. The people that we're trying to educate on why the, a lot of the laws are, are messed up because they don't know a lot of them don't understand they've been um we've been in the system that's been put over us for hundreds of years of colon colonization of um ways of certain people to live where, where it's created this caste system maybe not quite like in india but it's created classes and look at people in recovery we're considered just like those that was in india um what do they call those people in India, they called them the, um, I was just doing a paper on it. Um, I'll get back to that. But the point is the caste system in, in India, they looked upon the lowest caste as mm -hmm. like nothing. And they treated those people, the only jobs they could get were working in sewers, working, yeah. doing all these things. And um, when Martin Luther King went over there in 67, they were talking to him like, they looked at us, the black people in America, as the untouchables, mm -hmm. as the very untouchables as they were seen as. And that sparked like a revolution, language, right? Um, just because of a certain shade of a color, people were hated upon or certain things like that. We were taught that, you know, race was something we were taught. Just like stigma, this hate, all these things that were combating, hundreds of years of being taught something and then... Now that's what we're, we're fighting. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of recovery heroes, right? We didn't know nothing. We didn't even know life until we found recovery for the most part. Right. So it's like, it's just crazy. Do we know life now? Are we just no. like kind of making I it don't. up as we go along, right? Yeah, man. You know, and, and so my, you know, 
Marshall, you talk about that stigma of recovery and the way that people view addicts today. And, and, you know, and this goes back to the way that I used to view addicts, even being an addict and doing that comparison, even as somebody that's inside of that inner circle, but having that comparison saying, well, you know, I'm not as bad as that person because I'm not over in the gutter sticking the needle in my arm uh, because I had a place to do my drugs. Right. But I, I did an interview yesterday and what the great thing about the interview was that we talked about how addiction does not discriminate against who you are, what your background is, what your nationality is, what your um, religious beliefs are, what your political beliefs are, you know, where you were raised, what country you were born in or what country you live in. Right. And addiction doesn't care about all of that. And that's why it's so important for us to have an advocacy group like yours to raise awareness around the stigma of addiction so that everybody has a better understanding of just how dire this situation is in the United States of America. You know, in fact, think about this. Um, if people wouldn't come together, like I'm thankful for the rap project. They, they've brought people together that normally have not sat at tables. They're doing things that we should have done 20, 30 years ago. But we didn't. The simple concept. Hey, won't we just bring everybody to the table and learn from each other? Who would have thought? But yeah. here's the thing. We don't have the answers as individuals, of, especially of how we recover. How I recovered may not work for you or may not work for the next person or the next person. What we've been doing mm -hmm. in the system of America has been creating these systems like a square and putting circles, trying to fit that circle in the square. And we're killing our people by doing that. We've created a system that's only been made for maybe a certain character of people. For instance, right? If I only had one mother because my father couldn't be around because he was never around because he was shot or killed because of whatever statistics. And I was raised in that element. So I had to take care of my mother's kids. I couldn't do my homework. I couldn't do the normal things that most normal people would in a normal society, which was created for normal people, certain mm -hmm. people. Um, and I'm not talking about white or black because let's kill that whole thing too. We created right. this division amongst ourselves about colors right. and race and we're all the same color bro we're just different mm -hmm. shades of black <laughs> yeah now that yeah. but we've divided everything so back to what i was saying it's just like we've created these these illusions of bullcrap where mm -hmm. we've divided each other now if we when we come to, to the table together with all of our biases because here's the thing we're not going to be able to change the biases that a lot of us have Right. I, I have biases that so ingrained inside me that I have to recognize that I have them. So I, I don't put myself in charge of certain things or allow myself to be take lead of something because mm -hmm. here's the thing. We will never know those biases if we don't come across or come to the table with the people that we may be biased against. Right. And think about America. Look how yeah. divided it is. Um black, white, Christian, um, Catholic, every other religion separated figuring out how to recover well, think about this. if you yeah. want to have power do you have power when people come together and the numbers are together or do you have power when it's divided and when you have people against each other because they're fighting the battle for you so the people that want to continue to have control are just you know mm -hmm. by going by dividing we're we're playing right into their hand facts dividing yeah order. yeah Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's so, um, and it's, it's almost like it's ingrained in 
um, you know, it's, it's like it's ingrained in the way that, that we operate within this system, right? To be divided, like Ashley said, to have two different opposing parties battling it out saying, well, you know, your views don't match up with my views and therefore, you know, we have more power over a situation from another um, situation. Right. And, um, you know, I think that it's, it's so important for us to talk about things like this on shows like this, where we can really have an open discussion to really talk about all of these problems that persist the recovery community and all the struggles that we have in order to try to pass bills, in order to try to protect the people that are going through treatment programs. California just launched a new bill that went uh, went up to the uh, Senate, I guess it was, and it is a consumer um, bill that protects people going through our programs. It is a bill of rights, basically, for the consumer or the person that is going through a program. And we haven't had that before. And I think it's really important that, you know, all of these type of things get talked about on shows like this. So Ashley, I see you unmuted yourself. Bring it on girl. They just passed um, new guidance um, federally, Mm -hmm. actually protecting people um, Mm -hmm. with opiate use disorder. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you're in recovery, if, as long as you're not using illegal substances, you're protected under ADA. So if yeah. you're using mat, you're, they can't discriminate against you. Mm-hmm. If you're in recovery and you say that you're in recovery, you can't be discriminated against. It's a violation of ADA. And that just came out like it upped. I mean, substance use disorder had ADA, um, you know, like benefits before it was already considered um, protected. But this upped the protections tremendously. And, mm-hmm. you know, if people are aware of these protections, it's really going to change the ballgame. Yeah, you said absolutely. education. Absolutely. We, right. A lot of us weren't educated. We're a lot, like, I didn't know half these laws. I didn't even know how the things I was doing was hurting people. You know, I was caught up in this world that that's all I knew. So I became part of that world. Um, but we need to educate not just the the world that don't know about it, but we also need to educate ourselves because there's a lot of people that don't go out and vote still. And mm-hmm. they don't realize, they're like, oh, I'm leaving that voting stuff. You know, the, everything's rigged. They want you to believe that. They want you to believe everything's rigged so you don't vote, stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and I, I it's so good to have um, the advocacy groups all over the, the U.S. and the states and, and uh, you know, and, and like yours, um, Marshall, that are really bringing that voice to the people of the recovery community. So can you talk to us a little bit about what the Recovery Advocacy Project um, does to support the recovery community in the state of Maine? We listen to the people. Um, mm. So in the beginning of the campaign, a couple of years back, we, we launched up uh, listening sessions, not just one, like 12, 30, I can't remember. We did so many of them all across Maine. So we can listen and hear from the people. The main objective that we stayed with the main recovery advocacy project was first and foremost, listen to the people. They'll tell us what they want. They'll tell us what they need for help. For a long time, we've been telling them what they need and they've been dying, right? And when I said they, I mean us as well, because me, I was one of them. You know? 
So we focused a lot on language change first, changing the language from mm -hmm. um, person first rather than than anything else. Because for a long time, when you, you start thinking about prisoners and, and call people addicts, we're focusing on the disease, not the person. But when we switch that and we focus on the person, mm -hmm. we bring that person and we kind of create him at being real. It's no longer the disease. So people would come into the hospital, try to get help, but they'd be treated like the disease, not like the person. And you guys, going at the language was the first part, right? And then education, 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 education. Not everybody recovers the same way. Um, a lot of talk, because harm reduction is a lot of things that people don't talk about. Um, they don't think that harm reduction recovery, what is? Someone might want to, and not even be funny, might smoke crack once today versus five times. That's a point of anything positive, right? Anything that's continuously to be positive is recovery to some people. Some people might not even want to recover. Some people are not just recover, but some people might not want to stop using. And that's okay too. If they don't want to use, stop using, that's fine. They should have a space for them to be able to safely use. Therefore, it's just crazy, right? And so the advocacy, we focused on trying to get and standing behind policymakers and policies that stand behind the recovery community. And that's a lot of things we focus on. We try to focus on education and the policy. And um, <laughs> because of this pandemic, we were allowed to do something that was different and, that, and such game changing this year or last year. When we went to give our testimonies to the polls, people were allowed to come that normally wouldn't come to give the testimony. And what had happened was, for the first time, I think, our lawmakers actually got to see the people give their language, their story, and it moved so many people. And we almost actually got one a decrim bill. We didn't lose it. Um, we didn't win it either. But, but that's another thing. Decrim, when we're talking about decrim, we're not talking about getting rid of laws, man. We're talking about mm -hmm. decriminalizing a gram or two more right. of Coke or dope. Right. Right. When I was doing dope, I did nine grams a day. Easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, and I, I really like the fact that we're talking about the decriminalization of, um, you know, the way that we look at the amount that somebody might have on their person. Right. Um, and right now, we are in such a state of emergency when it comes to overpopulation of our jails nationwide. Um, and it's so troubling to see because I work with reentry clients. And, and what that means is that if, if you go to prison and you want to do a program in prison to address your substance use disorder, uh, you can come into a program like ours after you've been released. And now we work on criminogenic needs and also reentry needs. But our prisons are so overpopulated with people that have substance use disorder ties. And a lot of times those main charges for our substance use disorder outweigh the other charges that have also brought them into to jail. And so we're keeping people in our prison systems for so much more time based off of a substance or a, um, a drug charge, right? 
and addressing the substance use disorders. And it's costing us billions and trillions of dollars every year. And I think that if we could focus more on the aspect of putting people into programs and making sure that these programs are regulated enough to ensure that, you know, they provide the proper services. And we also are starting now to bring in the bills to protect people while they're in the programs. You know, we can start to actually have people that need to stay in prison for violent crimes and and all these other things, but not necessarily somebody, you know, that, that got caught with, you know, three, eight balls of dope or something, because that's what their normal use is for them. Right. Um, you know, and so, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I feel really strongly about, about this. And there's a great video that um, talks about this and it's called, um, oh gosh, it's called memo to self, uh, where the uh, gentleman is talking about, you know, the prison system. And he talks about how addiction is a disease versus a choice. So, um, yeah, so definitely hitting home for me tonight. Well, and some of this is, you know, it's debatable because right now we don't have mm-hmm. a system that treats people. If if somebody was to, you know, have an amount on them and they went into a program that was person-centric, that was, it could be jail, but it was if they got treatment the, with the pathway that they needed, you know, like mm-hmm. they're mad or they, you know, there was multiple pathway options. If there was actual something to address, you know, why they used or what the, the situation was, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a problem with, as long as when they got out, they it didn't have like all these years that you're having to, you know, like that's the problem now. It's not necessarily that people are staying in prison for 50 years. It's that they're being mm-hmm. released with these records and then they can't do anything while they're free. It's, you know, they're having the trauma when they're in jail, but then they're also having, or prison, but then they're also having the trauma when they get out because the mm-hmm. only thing they know is what they knew. And and there was no yeah. treatment in between. And they're being, you know, they're going out thinking they can use the same amount they used before and they're, they're mm-hmm. dying like at a rapid rate. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's not working. So, I mean, if it was something where my big thing is that, if somebody fixes their life and, you know, changes and tries to do better, like mm-hmm. what's the point of, you know, making them pay every time they try to get a job, every time they try to do something mm-hmm. good, you're going to punish yeah. them. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's so sad to see because on a daily basis, you know, I have uh, guys and gals that come into our program that have felonies on their records and it's drug charge felonies. And, a lot of times it's it's not even a, a really large drug charge, but because the regulations are so tight on what they consider to be a felony versus a misdemeanor, you know, like Ashley said, now they're having to look for employers that will be felon-friendly employers. Now they're having to do all of these other things, years of probation and years of parole, you know, because they have these felonies attached to them. And it's, it's so sad to see because a lot of times we get people that are so institutionalized that come through our programs that they almost want to reoffend or, you know, want to go back to that environment because they've been locked up for so long that that environment is comfortable for them. That's their security and that's their safety. If you want a better world and a, 
better everything, believe in people. Like if when you believe that somebody is not an animal, like they, they people start to believe the way they're treated. Like I know that I thought I was the worst person in the world. Like I thought I was way worse than anybody else even thought I was like, so of course I acted like that. Cause that's how I, you know, I didn't think, but as soon as someone believed in me and gave me a chance, it, so when we start believing in people and giving them a chance to show up, I think we'd be surprised. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I totally agree with that, Ashley. And, and having those support people um, like, uh, you know, Jr. that comes on the show, um, you know, he is a, a, um, was, Jr. was a convicted felon and, uh, and yeah, he just put that up there. So, um, you know, but, we have to have people that will support them and people that can show them that, you know, just because they've had these transgressions in the past doesn't mean that they has to let them define them. JR is a, he works for the federal government now and he's actually given keys to the cars and stuff. So let's take that a step further. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm convicted felon as well too. I've only been out of prison for five years. Literally, mm-hmm. I was in prison for aggravated trafficking my yeah. whole life. I was a gang member. All I knew was selling mm-hmm. drugs. All I knew was robbing drug dealers. And I didn't know I didn't know civilian life until, until I got out of prison. I didn't know mm-hmm. that because the division that was caused. Also, when you're on your streets too, look, me being also a gangbanger most of my life, we look mm-hmm. at people and we're like, oh, these drug dealers and this. I was that drug dealer. I was that yeah. dude. I was that dude. But I was also a monster that was created within. Like Ashley said, it took a community. When I got out of prison, I I, I came in this little white town called Machias. It was a fishing town. I was the only black dude there. I'm like, this is, it's over (laughs) for me. Mm -hmm. I never got treated any discriminatory. I worked when I first got out. I was working. I could barely barely make a living. I got promised when I got out of prison. Matter of fact, they let me out of prison with $5,000 and promised Mm -hmm. to a job that I was never given. They never mm. introduced me to treatment. I couldn't figure it out. Matter of fact, I got introduced to a, a meth dealer and then mm. I started cooking meth. And then I ended up overdosing and dying to get off of heroin. Three, mm. I was only out of prison for three months, which I ended back up in jail, getting ready to do three more prisons when I found that community, when that community mm. found me. Yeah. And she said it, radical love, man. Radical mm. love. That's the only right. thing that changes. Yeah. I would trust I'm- you with my money and my kids over someone that didn't have a, you know, record just for the record. That <laughs> very, very well said, Ashley. It, oh, but this is, people like us, we who've gone through hell or people who've mm-hmm. gone through recovery, all these things. We know what it's like to not have, we know what it's like to suffer. We know what it's like to, to come out the depths of that hell. And we know how to love after that. If, if you can come back right. from love after all that, we love so much. Like Randy, he's one of the people we, we're in recovery together. Me rap. We are out every day front line. Um, we don't, a lot of people don't even see a percentage of the things that we do. Mm-hmm. But we don't do it for money or fame or for the being on the show. As a matter of fact, most of us like me and Randy, we hate being on camera or any of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of us do it because the message that we can get. You know, I'm a public speaker. I throw up almost every time. Well, yeah, I still do. I do public speaking. I, I go out and say the things that I say because I know they have to be said because right. someone has to say them. I got to stay within this 
perimeter of lifestyle because I can't fold. I can't fold because I got hundreds and thousands of people that's looking up to me because of the journey magazine, because of all the things that I do that that's like, I fall. It gives other people a reason to fall as well. Right. We, we recover out loud, not for only even ourselves, but for the ones that we love because we want, we want them to recover out loud too. We want them to know, yo, you don't have to recover. You just hiding in your, in your corner and not having fun. You know, my crew, we get down, man. We out trying to get other people like us to be empowered, to speak, to let them know they have a voice. We're doing so many things. The recovery is, yeah, misconception. We want to have a recovery rave out here at the Ark. Yeah. Yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and JR uh, eloquently said, we limit our own growth based on our own beliefs. And um, we had uh, a, a great guy that came on uh, that talked about positive self-talk and Uh, you know, positive affirmations that we're telling ourselves. And if we continue to beat ourselves up and continue to tell ourselves that we are incapable of doing something, we are not going to be able to achieve it because we are automatically setting ourselves up for failure. We're putting that message into our brain that I am incapable of doing something and I don't have the ability to do this, or maybe I'm not smart enough to do this. There's other people that are smarter than me. And I had that reality check for me when I went to go work at Duffy's. What does it say, Ashley? Yo, you're muted. Do it scared, you know, because do it scared. Yeah. Right. Or fake it till you make it right. Like 90% of my life. I'm doing it scared. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Ashley, that's such a good point because I was scared when I went to go work at Duffy's, man, I kept driving up to that gate and I would put my coat in. And the first thing that would pop into my head when I went into that rehab center was how am I going to get fired today? Because the way that I viewed myself compared to everybody else at that rehab center, everybody had masters, everybody had bachelors, you know, and and they all had these higher level of education. They had higher credentialing than I had. I was still just a registered drug and alcohol counselor. I had just barely finished my required hours to go and take my certification test to become a certified drug and alcohol counselor. And, you know, I, this was such a crazy thing, man. I got my own office (laughs) and I was working in the trenches before where I shared an office with four other counselors and we had to fight for office space just to can, you know, do one-on-one counseling. And so it was this idea that I wasn't able to do what I was hired to do. And I had to do a lot of work with my sponsor and a lot of work with the support group in order to change the narrative inside of my own head. To, to tell myself that I'm capable of doing this. They wouldn't have hired me if they didn't think that I was able to do this. And once I got past that, I was able to strive at that job. Yeah, man, we lie to ourselves. But that, that's the whole part I was talking about. Those symbols that was put upon us, we now placed upon us. So all these yeah. things that are like drug addicts are this, drug addicts are that. We're, we're, we're telling people that's okay to believe that. We're telling ourselves it's okay to believe that about ourselves. But when we have people come up to us and empower us and love us, a whole different energy comes on. That energy is yeah. different. Um, you're giving them a, uh, like, okay, it's okay to, to feel love. It's okay to right. love. It's okay to, I mean, people I grew up around with, it wasn't okay to love. Love was different. Mm-hmm. Love was how many girls you had, how many right. um, people I ran up on, how much money I had. That was love. 
But the love, the love we talk about here is that sacrificial love, that agape love, that love where we choose to love. Like we might not like something, but I'm gonna choose to do that because it's right. I'm gonna choose to love these people that I may not personally feel great about, but I know who I was <laughs> 10 years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. I wouldn't have trusted money in my pocket. I wouldn't have trusted shit. I don't even know. I don't even know who that person was. That's what that's my whole point. Right. We can change. We can change. We can change to the point that we don't even know who we were. Right. Yeah. I also think it's important for us to remember who we were, though, you know, um, because we can change so much that we were like, we think back to it. Like I was I was sharing in a meeting and I was telling my story and, and inside of my head, I was thinking to myself, like, shit, man, I was really that bad. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, you know, <laughs> robbing people and, and doing drugs and selling drugs. And, and you know, and, and, and I was talking to one of the clients at work uh, today and and he was like, man, but you, you don't understand. And, and I don't normally like to share a lot of information about myself. Um, but I told him, dude, I do understand because I've been where you're at man. you know, and I, I pulled out my, my four-year chip and I said, you know, you know, I have four years now because I know where you've come from. I know the streets. I, I know your story. I know that story. And, you know, you have the capability of changing this path that you're on right now. And so, you know, and, and he was like, man, I would have never have known. And, and it's, it's, why is it because that I, I wear polo shirts now and, and, you know, I, I have a car that's registered in my name and it doesn't look like it's about ready to shit bed on me on the freeway, you know, but it's important for us to remember where we've come from too, so that we don't forget and go back out. Yes. And you know what? That's what we do a lot. And that's why yeah. a lot of us. Yeah go back so we forget i think that's what keeps me on um, doing what i'm doing like you know like a lot of the work we do a lot of us we got covered we don't we don't get paid for this work and, mm-hmm. and a lot of things that we're doing we're not doing it for the people now we're doing it for the future people right. coming up. so a lot of the work we're doing we're advocating for laws to be so our people of the, our children can survive and so it's like we do this knowing like mm-hmm. it's possible because we believe in it. We believe in it because of the changes that we went through. Like, yeah. like I, said, I was a criminal my whole entire life, not because it's the wrong things. About that's all I knew. It's all mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I didn't know love. I I was taught hate. All I got was hate. I was a channel for hate. So the only thing that came out of me was hate. Abundance of the heart comes mm-hmm. out the mouth, right? Right. And that's what came out, man. But when we start loving people, yeah. we start bringing that love around the community. We start loving our brothers around that. It becomes so contagious. Love is such a powerful mm. energy that it just changes everything. It changed me, man. Love changed me. Yeah. I, I was a sociopath, man. I know how to. I feel now. Right, man. How is it? How is it for you to feel? How do you like that? Fucking weird, man. Sometimes I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> like we're sitting here. Watching these commercials come on about some freaking father with their kid. I never had a dad, you know what I mean? I, no. I just start crying and I used to get mad, but now it's like it, it makes me want to love more mm. and help children out more and be a big brother more or be there for my yeah. community more. So instead of being mad about situations, make sure my next person will have to go through right. what we're going through. And if we came to the table and we just loved each other, 
this world would be a different place. Promise. That's right. So, so Marshall, I, I got this picture of you, man, and, and I'm looking at you on the screen and hearing your story, man, and I hear what you're saying. You know, um, um, came up in the gangs, gang banger, you know, doing all the stuff that we did out on the streets, um, went to prison twice, and now you are sitting in an office with an advocacy banner behind you on a live show on YouTube and you're telling a story and spinning a story that is amazing of recovery, the way to look at the future, the way to help the person that's coming behind us. And, and I really, I feel the message from you, man. And, and I just wanted to say that I'm, I'm so in awe of you and I'm so proud of the journey that you've come on. You know, we just met today, but, but, but I, you know, if I, if I could be there in front of you, man, I'd want to give you the biggest hug because you know, hug, <laughs> it's, it's right there, brother, you know, and it gets better because tell them about what you are a part of that. Please. Good Sam. Please tell and me. Rap. Yo. So oh, like man. I was saying a couple of years back, we, we, we went to the community. Um, we were asking them what they want. A lot of people are scared to, to call for help. People are dying left and right because of this good sand bill, which is pretty much still killing people because people won't call because they're still getting arrested for doing what, what they're supposed to. Well, today or yesterday, after all these years of fighting all these bills, we've finally come together. But it's, it's not just because it's either. We had people in the political world that were coming to the table listening to us. It takes the whole village. And we, we won the Good Sam um, expansion. We didn't expect to win it. We didn't expect the governor to sign, which wasn't going to happen. But the language was changed. People mm -hmm. stood up and spoke. And instead of giving in, we stood firm in, to what the people said. And the Greek Sam expansion passed with the governor and all of us coming into a compromise. Wow. She wasn't going to compromise, man. She, she wasn't going to compromise, but she compromised with us. And that was, it was awesome. Good Sam it is. Yeah. Me rap. Dude, that just gave me chills, man. Like People. Spoke if up. People, if people don't know, good, good Sam is the Good Samaritan Act. So, like, if you call, yeah. you know, if someone's, you know, overdosed, if you call, like, you shouldn't be mm -hmm. penalized or, or, you know, go to jail for calling for help. You're doing the right thing. You shouldn't be penalized. If, um, so I'm not sure what the law was in Maine and how yes. it's expanded, but I just didn't know. You know, some people might not know what. Okay, I'll tell you, so as it was standing, the Good Sam law, people would call and. You know, if, if even all it did was protect the person that called, <laughs> pretty much. person that called and the person that, and that, that's, um, that's lying dead. But it didn't protect anybody in the house. So if anybody had a gram, what would happen? People would be coming in, the cops would be coming in. They wouldn't be helping the person. They'd be casing everybody else. So checking everybody else to see if they have coke or drugs on them. Arresting people that are sick. Arresting people for uh, a substance abuse, I mean, a substance use disorder. Mm -hmm. And yeah. taking us that are sick to jail. Meanwhile, right. people stopped calling, to, asking for help because we were scared, man. We kept on going to jail. Or the cops would come and we'd get arrested a week later for something felonious. But now they can't. Anybody that's in the house 
that when the police come on right, as long as they're rendering help and they're helping, what that means is not even traffickers, man. So mm-hmm. if even if you're in there for trafficking or anything that's not violent crime, hurting children or, you know, murdering somebody or something like that, if you're in there helping, what happens now is usually we have to defend ourselves. Now the DA has to prove the defense. Granted that we have to prove the defense against ourselves. It just, the language right. has changed, man. It's just so crazy. Even to be part of it, it's just so. Mm-hmm. That's ah, amazing. Because if you think about it back in the day, yeah. you know, people used to talk about leaving people at emergency rooms and, you know, your friends, like you, you want to know if they're okay, but you, you leave them because you're, you know, especially, you know, if you're scared, you, you have a bad experience in the past. Um, and now it's life or death. I mean, it's always been life or death, but even more so now. And it's costing people lives, their lives. People Absolutely. who use drugs do not deserve to die. Jesse Harvey think, said that best. I think it's a great thing, too, is that now, you know, getting Narcan and, you know, Naloxone to people mm-hmm. who use drugs is so important because now they can call for help, but they can give the Narcan until the help comes. So it's going to be even more important to to get that Naloxone out. Yeah. Naloxone saved my life. If it wasn't for some... Somebody that came and found me dead in a car to call the police to put naloxone into me to I wouldn't be here today. I mean, I I only like I did all kinds of other drugs. I I did heroin probably I didn't start doing heroin until like thirty three years old, mm-hmm. and I did it for probably a year straight, and I died several times. But the other drugs I was doing just as bad. It's not just opiates, man. Cocaine, um. Meth, all these things, man. There's not even cocaine. There's not even coke or heroin out there no more. It's all fentanyl now. It's like these ain't drug dealers. These are terrorists. Drug mm-hmm. dealers don't want to kill their clients, man. They want the money. Right. No money is dead. Dead. Yeah, and it's it's you know it's man. This is such a good conversation tonight. Well, and Narcan, like when I first, I've told the story like a million times. When I first got into recovery, I thought that naloxone was giving somebody an excuse to, like I was giving them permission to use. Um, no, it's giving them permission to be alive and recovery if they want to. It's, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not condoning anything. It's, it's saying that you're worth being here tomorrow. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. And if, if Marshall hadn't been saved, he wouldn't be here today. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's you know the 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 overdose rate is is going up so dramatically. Um, it's just crazy, and there's there's so many stronger drugs out there even than just street heroin. And it's um, God, we were talking about a new one that was um even stronger than fentanyl. Um, gosh, what was that one called? We we're just talking about it today at work. My my supervisor was talking about it. But, you know, it's, it's just so scary to think about. Oh, yeah. Um, ISA. That's it, JR. Thank you. Or, or I, ISO? ISO? ISO. That's it. Um, but it's so scary to think about, you know, going back and using now. Like, you know, I, I, it's, it's a very fleeting thought. But, you know, every once in a while I get this little thought like, oh, that would be fun. But, but it's gone instantly, right? It's like, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, that's crazy talk, whatever, right? 
but it's so crazy to think that, you know, even just in the four years that I've been clean, that it's gotten so much worse than when I was out there using and, you know, I was a meth addict. And so my, my probability of, of getting a, um, a laced, uh, bunch of methamphetamine here in the San Francisco Bay area was, you know, a little risky at the time, but, but now it's so much more risky because they're putting that in everything, man, everything. It's just crazy. I I was going to say, I think it's so important to mention that, you know, like, even though sobriety is, you know, such a, you know, everybody strives for it, that, that, that doesn't necessarily, that's not everyone's path. That's not what works for everyone. Um, And if you struggle or if you, you know, fall, it's, it's not the amount of times you fall. It's the Mm -hmm. amount of times that you get back up and, you know, each day that you're here, you touch somebody. And so, you know, it's great to celebrate birthdays and, you know, I love cake. So like, you know, I'll celebrate (laughs) with you, but it's so the people that, you know, fall and say, Mm -hmm. I have one day and, you know, like I'm here again and I need help. Like that is I'm in recovery and I'm telling you, it's a hard, it's hard for me to ask for help. Like in, mm-hmm. in my right mind, like for somebody to be brave enough to ask for help, that's strength. Yeah. And, you know, we all have struggles and I know that, you know, we have some people in our community that lost somebody um, recently that touched them tremendously in the recovery community. Mm-hmm. And there's a video that I think Brett's going to start for us, but I think it's just important to remember it's, it's about the life you live and who you touch and everyone matters. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And you know what else I personally think that would save lives? If Mm -hmm. we just legalize all the drugs. Mm. That's crazy thing, man. Yo, but listen, um, Yo, they've done all these models in different countries. Canada, you can look them up still to this day. The minute that they legalized and they gave us a choice, we stopped using. Things actually corrected themselves for the most part. Do you know what kills us? What kills us is when we're told that we have to hide what we do. When we have to put a mask on for how we live. So we start hiding and sharing needles and going into dark areas and being quiet about things and not coming out into the light. So we're forced to do drugs in a very dangerous way where it causes a lot of us to die because we have to hide. And I don't know, I'm maybe a little radical. Maybe I wasn't before, but now I just believe that people have the right to choose whatever they want to do when it comes to, as long as it's not hurting nobody else. Yeah, I think it's that's about the society that you built around around it too if we had the same stigmas and judgment that we have today but we legalized everything i think we would still have a lot of the same problems because people would still be ashamed and i mean you know rap park is like that you know everyone talks about that it's when you have the choice whether to be a part of a community and engage like you don't want to do the other things you don't want to hide and disconnect and um but we have to build a society that allows people to connect and, and doesn't, you know, 
so I guess, you know, there's a lot of stuff with Oregon. We'll see in the next couple of years how that turns out. But I, you know, I agree with you if, if the society changed the way, you know, as long as we keep shaming people, as long as we keep spewing hate, as long as, you know, it's, people are going to keep dying. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, uh, just so much has gone on this week for, for a lot of us, um, here on, on the recovery revolution live, uh, show, um, uh, Brett, you want to run, run that video and we can do a moment of silence. Then I want to run it again at the end. Uh, just, uh, cause it kind of went by, by really fast, but if, if we could have a moment yeah, of silence yeah, for and everybody, then, <clears throat> and then we have a couple of audio messages as well for Olivia. So, um, let's, let's have okay. a moment of silence and then we'll, I'll, cue the video again and then we'll run through those through those messages okay perfect olivia i love and still love you with every breath of me i remember from the first day we met we were inseparable I remember you used to always tell me, that's why I love you, Tamika, because you never judged me, always understood me, and never turned your back on me or gave up on me. Olivia was so fragile, I was always ready to go to war behind her, and that made her feel safe. She was so misunderstood. To know her was to love her. She used to always wonder why people were so mean to her or didn't like her, and I would always tell her to stop being an open book to everyone. People use your weaknesses against you. I would tell her they don't like themselves because you're amazing. I don't feel as if I'll ever meet another friend like Olivia. She took some of my deepest secrets and guarded them with her heart, and I did the same for her. Our friendship is like no other. I love you, Olivia. Hey, girl, it's your friend Heather. I've tried to record this thing so many times. I'm really at a loss for words, but I just wanted to let you know that you are missed already. I love you. You're a true inspiration to my recovery and to so many men and women. And I'm going to do everything in my power to keep your name alive in all of our groups and keep inspiring people as you would have me do and share as much hope as possible. I love you, friend. I will never forget everything that you've done for me. To the friends and family of Olivia Crosby, Please know this, that she will definitely be missed. She was a great person with a huge heart. She cared so much for helping people. My own story is tied with hers because she was actually the one person that I, I ran into at one of my very first meetings when I enrolled in drug court. And to my surprise, she was actually chairing the meeting. So that was my biggest aha moment that I can recall was thinking, wow, if she can get sober, then maybe this guy can get sober. And that's what started me off on my own recovery journey. <sighs> Olivia, you will be missed, my friend. Love you, and until we meet again, they are. Can you imagine how many people that JR's touched? And because mm -hmm. of Olivia, like, he's that was part of his recovery journey so think about all the people that she touched yeah not only like on her own but through him 
Absolutely. Um, all right, guys. So, yeah, Olivia, we, we hope that you're, you have found peace and, and you're in a peaceful place. Um, I didn't have the opportunity to know you, but um, it sounds like you had the ability to change a lot of lives and you will truly be missed. wanted to say um anybody that's even in the recovery community it's not like the main recovery community florida recovery community mm-hmm. you know, virginia recovery community the recovery community is global so yeah. when one of us die we all feel it across the world we don't want us dying no more we don't want to suffer and we don't want us to have to go through those things so if anybody out there in the united states world whatever reach out to us man you there's people out there that actually love you yeah. There's people that want to see succeed, even if it's not succeeding in, in whatever recovery looks for you, just to succeed. Don't hide. Don't just if someone's still using, don't don't disconnect. The opposite of addiction is a connection. And right. you gotta connect it. Stay yeah. connected. Yeah. And I think it's important to know we're cheering for you. Like even when yeah. you, you feel ashamed or you feel it doesn't mean you have to change, you don't have to do anything. We are just grateful mm-hmm. that you're here. And so reach out. Yeah, absolutely. We, we really appreciate everybody being on the show tonight and, and, uh, you know, supporting, um, Olivia and, and supporting, uh, the message that we're in the work that we're trying to do, you know, um, this show is so important to so many different people. Um, and, and we reach so many people each week when we uh, publish our show on, on YouTube and, and everything and and so it's so important for shows like this to continue on with the work that we're doing uh so that we can talk about the the issues that plague our communities we can talk about how to support ourselves we can talk about how to support each other mm. and we can uh you know share that message out loud that we don't have to suffer alone because we have so many people that work and love us and work for us and advocate for us and if, if you're struggling today, please reach out to somebody, call somebody. You, you don't have to walk through the darkness alone. And if you see somebody struggling, reach out mm-hmm. to them, give them mm-hmm. love. And just, you know, you never know. Even we, I still struggle, man, daily. But I don't struggle like mm-hmm. I used to when I was enslaved right. by all that other stuff. Yeah. You know, Ooh. I... I I told my, my boss today, man, I got Cadillac problems and I don't even own a Cadillac, but you know, but I'll take the problems that I have today over any of the problems that used to plague my life in active addiction. And, um, you know, and that, that really kind of helps me bring the, my life into focus for me. You know, when I'm thinking to myself, man, how could it, how could this happen to me? Right. You know, just a few weeks ago, I was like, man, Man, how how could this be, right? But um, it's so important to remember that you know the problems that we have today. I mean, they're they're not as bad as as what we used to have to walk through, and and the problems that we are going to have, you know, might seem like a struggle at the time, but you know these are these are problems of progress, problems of progress. And so we have to embrace them. 
Me and Marshall were talking about this the other day. We still don't sleep. So, you know, we still have (laughs) problems, you know. Ashley, is that how you uh, maintain doing the 5,000 jobs that you do every day? Um, Yeah, I mean, part of it, you know, in a lot of ways, it's, it's you want to help someone, you know, if there's a new way you can. Um, Sometimes it's running from feelings like, you know, like, I don't want to deal with this. So I'm going to go help somebody because that feels good. And this over here doesn't. And, you know, like being able to admit that stuff is huge. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I've changed it. But I can admit that, yeah, I stay busy because Mm -hmm. sometimes I want to avoid the way I feel. And when I stop or when I go to lay down at night, my brain goes a million miles an hour. So I just try to avoid that part sometimes. And, you know, we're going to always have struggles, but it's it's how we focus them and what we do with them. And, you know, I struggle with going to these. I go to these meetings and I sit and they listen to what I'm saying. And I feel like such a, like, like I feel like I'm wearing a costume, you know, and then people will not call me when they're struggling and they'll be like, I didn't want to bother you. And I'm like, please bother me. Cause that makes me feel like I am who I am. I'm like not going into these places where I don't fit in, where I have to wear dresses and do my makeup and like look Mm. perfect. And I know that I don't, you know, I don't fit in. And I might look like I do or whatever, but I really don't feel it. You know, you calling me and telling me about your struggle and letting me help you with it or let me like, you know, collaborate on ideas on (laughs) solutions. Like, yeah, that makes me feel like me. All right. I'm going to call you tomorrow, Ashley. Listen, and you touched on something, Ashley, too. People (laughs) like us who's out there helping, we forget that we need help, too. We need help. We we struggle. We survive. And sometimes we often don't feel like we can go go ask for help. Because often we're the ones that ask for help. So people who are helping out there and feel like they can't help or feel like we're we, we too tough or we're doing too much, no, nah, no, nah, we, we need each other as well. We need to support each other or we can't continue to keep doing this work. I'm, I'm Actually, I'm so bad at um that thing they call self-care, but I'm working on it. Me too. I hate that word. Whenever like I go to somewhere and I think that's why I don't work in behavioral health, like because they ask, well, what do you do for self-care? And I work in construction. They don't ask that. So. (laughs) All right. The the question they ask in construction is what are you doing for safety? Right. And you just point over to your hard hat and your um, steel toe boots and you're like, Hey, I got it covered. I've worn my boots like twice. They sit in the back of my car, but. Ashley. Ashley. Safety. Self-care. I hate that word. Wow. I love Some people love it. Like when they walk, they have the circles and they talk about the ways. Oh, I took a bubble bath and I'm like, (gasps) oh my gosh. A bubble bath? I want to take a bubble bath. (laughs) Damn. Why are you talking my language, girl? Problem is I don't fit in my bathtub. That's right, I'm bougie, man. I need I need them jets going in my I need a hot tub. That's what I need. That's my self-care right there is a hot tub. Yes. Everybody and, needs something. Right? We all need something, man. <laughs> what's okay, so Marshall, what's what is your what is your kind of go to relieving your stress? Uh what is your activity that you like to do that is that like stress relieving activity for you? All right. I write a lot. I um I write and I work extra hard. I I don't know. I'm such a the Bible. To be honest with you, 
the Bible yeah. is the only thing that really um gives me peace. Um, my maker, the thing that created me, that I believe that created me is where I found my solace. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, in my old life, all I ever did was sell drugs and try to figure out all these other ways to make more and more to feed my mm-hmm. flesh. So, And I don't believe that really my time here even matters. I think it's the time that I'm going to be spending in eternity is I'm really facing right now. So I want to do as much as I can now while I'm on this side of eternity before yeah. I go. Yeah. Brett, what about you? What is What are uh, some things that you do to decompress and, uh, you know, relieve stress? <laughs> And don't tell me it's taking a day yeah, off and, and feeding funny. your feeding your daughter um, fantastic uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That was good, though. That was good, man. That, I, enjoyed, that was, I enjoyed my I, day off today. That was good. I showed Miss Sheila that picture, and she was like, oh, my gosh, your daughter is so adorable. Yeah, today will be my only day off for two weeks. So I don't, I don't really have a uh, self-care ritual, per se. Yeah. Um, I guess my my time to like decompress would be the live stream and then my mm. other podcasts. Um, yeah, I get that, man. That's basically it, man. Or like when I'm in my work truck driving between jobs mm. and like put on a podcast or some music or something. Yeah, but, you know, I don't really have like a, a ritual or anything. Yeah. No, I yeah, I, I totally get that, man. The the podcast gig that's that's the real deal right there, man. I. Yeah, I, I can consuming. totally decompress on that, man. It's 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 consuming, but it's also the real deal. Like I come off of some of my interviews and I am just like, I feel like I've gotten high. I'm so like amped up on the topics that we can talk about on these shows and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, Ashley, what about you? What are some of the stuff you do? And I'm not going to use the word self-care because I know how sensitive you are about that. But what do you do to decompress? I don't know that I decompress but um the thing <laughs> the thing that brings me joy and excites me yeah is learning new things um and being able to like you know whether it be books whether it be mm. you know like school whether any of the, yeah. you know just um just you know i'm one of those like lifelong learner people you know i just mm. like to learn um and then like cheering on other people i, I yeah. think a lot of this stuff i learn is not because it matters to me, but you know, mm-hmm. I like watching people win. So, you know, a lot of the times I show up because I just have to fill in that gap until they're ready to win. And then I can like push yeah. them to the front and be like, then, then cheer when they do win. And that's like the best feeling. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a good question. Uh, AG, what is your latest book? Because you are a collector of books and I know that you try to read them too. What book are you reading right now? Well, I just got like, day or so go conscious mm-hmm. recovery from tj he sent oh. it. so i have that one um i have the anatomy of anxiety yeah um what else do i have um oh there's just so many i'm Books. i'm looking one i'm looking Books. one up because i've gotten into audible mm-hmm. and i signed up with a um with a premium plan, I guess like a year ago. And I, I, I forgot about it. And so every month they give me a credit to get a new book. And so I had like 12 credits on here and I was like, Holy crap. Cause I wanted to cancel my subscription because it's $14 a month. And, um, so I am in the process. So I, I did one book. It's called how to do motivational interviewing, which I thought was really fascinating. And then there's another one called rewired. And, um, 
it's a really good book, uh, but it talks about how we rewire our brain when it comes to the approach of addiction. And um, it's, it's really fascinating. I've really enjoyed it so far. I just caught Dopamine Nation, too. Speaking of oh. rewiring the brain, I haven't read it yet, though. Yeah. Dopamine Nation? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So about, like, everything, you know, bring, brings yeah. out dopamine and, you know. But, I don't know. It just, it's exciting to learn. And, uh-huh. I mean, I love business books, too. Like, that's another, CEO yeah. of Excellence is another one that I have. Um mm-hmm. I can't do the audible because I, you know, I stop listening. No, I'm not a good listener. <laughs> I, I, well, I tried doing it when I was laying in bed because I turned the TV off and I'm like, okay, this is a good time to like, you know, have no <laughs> lights on. And I wasn't falling asleep, but I wasn't paying attention either. I was like, this is bullshit. Like, I want to like go look on my phone and go check emails and all this other stuff. But what I have found is that it actually works really well for me and my uh, when I'm driving, um, I, um, oh, the CEO of excellence. Is that the one you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, they interviewed leaders to see, um, what characteristics the best leaders have bought it, bought it right now. Bam. Oh, are you, are you taking recommendations? <sighs> yeah. I recently yeah. finished one. Oh, I wait. It. I listened to it. I listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, throw, I'm just gonna throw that out there because okay, know, okay. Tell me since you listen to I actually read it. I know Jr. is um, gonna jump on the stream and say, "What you read it before my book?" No, I listened to it because he still doesn't have an audio version of his book. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Jr. I know you're still on the stream, man. Um, I am willing to do the audio version of your book. Talk to me, brother. Talk to me. We'll get this done. We'll get you on Audible. All right, Brett, yeah. fire away. What is your, I what's listen your book? I listened to, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact title, uh, A Midnight Calling, uh, Tales of a Drug Smuggler's Daughter. Oh, mm. yeah, it's you were memoir. telling me that. It's a good one. A, uh, M, 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 Midnight. Oh, JR wants to know how much for the audiobook. JR, uh, you can, um, JR, uh, that's a very personal question. I will have You're going to charge him? Really? You're yeah. gonna charge him. Yeah. Oh, you know how okay. long his book is? This yeah, is a pull no, surprise book. Long. Oh <laughs> I've read it. You haven't. How many Yes, JR, on, thank you very on. much. I'll find out how long it is. Yeah. To blow the dust off, Brett. <laughs> and it's a lot of individual stories too. That oh, 178 pages. Is that correct? We're checking the facts right now, JR. I hope that you're right, buddy, because you were the one that wrote it. Uh, my copy has, let's see, 173 pages, but the wow. last couple are, are pictures. So, oh, that doesn't count, dude. See, we JR. can do it together. You can read the main part, and then we can all read different parts hey, of it because it's JR. different stories. Yeah, relational organizing. Who's that? I don't it's recognize JR. him because he doesn't have his blue wig on. <laughs> we are not going to charge Jr. And if you charge JR, I will come find you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay, JR. So I guess it's free, buddy. Um, we'll start putting it together for you. Uh, there you go. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Hanukkah. I don't know if that applies to you, but um, thank you okay. for all the people you help. Yes. Hey, Brett, you said it was a midnight's dream. Uh, um, hold on. Let me let me find the exact title because I would. Okay. 
please. Um, what app was it that I used to listen to it? It wasn't Audible. Cause oh. <laughs> Let's see. Here we go. I used a voice dream. Marcel, are you reading any books right now, man? I, I'm always reading something. Reading, You know what they got us reading? So I just got done doing this wild training. And we do we do like a lot of strategy books and books about fractals and all. Books about um, about what? See fractals. This is you know fractals. You ever heard of the 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 Fibonacci um sequence? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So the Fibonacci sequence is the sequence of patterns that keeps showing up all over the universe, right? Right, right. right. So people use the Fibonacci sequence for music, for other things. So a lot of us organizers, especially with rap and all, but we we actually we organize in the sequence of the Fibonacci, and it's crazy because. the way we do things in in that design is almost like the design of God, right? So if you look mm-hmm. in the universe, you, you see that same pattern of, of something spinning, right? It looks like um mm-hmm. uh, the galaxy, all these things. Right. Well, same thing with organizing like a snowflake. Mm-hmm. When we empower leaders to become leaders, and then mm-hmm. they empower leaders to become leaders, and then right. we continue to empower people in the structure of that model, then there's no more us dot leaders or bosses we've just empowered mm-hmm. everybody to step forth to be a leader yeah i like that man oh that's cool i didn't make it up um, so I can't no no that. no not at all dude. he's <laughs> like dude i couldn't make that up yeah i couldn't make that up um i i did an interesting thing with music and and i didn't realize um oh gosh and i'm gonna screw this up so i, I way back in the day i dj'd and um, there's um, a scale that they use to uh, tell what key a song is written in. And you have this wheel, this chart that um, tells you all the different keys in music, right? You have your minors and your majors. And you can jump from, so if you're, if you're playing a track and you want to play your next track and you want to keep the momentum of the party going, Hopefully you're not going to train wreck, right? But you want to keep the momentum of the party going. You actually have the ability to choose what key your next song is going to be in. And so um, we we used to have to do this manually with all of the vinyl and records and everything. Um, but I, learning about that, man, was so interesting because... I have a musical background in jazz and, uh, mm. and and everything, and and it was very similar to the way that we think about doing solos with jazz, right? Where where we know what key we can play our solo in, in order to change that, or if we want to change the feel of the solo, we can go up um, two third step on the key, and now it's going to like totally change the vibe of the whole song. And um, it, it was really cool to learn about that, man. So I, I love knowledge, man. Knowledge is like, dude, I can't get enough knowledge. And like Ashley, you know, school all the time. And in fact, I've re-enrolled in school um, and going back to, uh, back to school. Oh, back to school. I can't wait till school's done. I'm about burnout. But you're going to be excited because it's really fun at the beginning. Oh, it's, it's going to be amazing. And the so I, I decided to go to the University of Phoenix because a few of my coworkers went there. And, and each class is five weeks long. So you do your whole class in five weeks. And I have, I have ADHD and ADD. And so my mind is going a thousand miles a minute. 
And for me, doing a whole semester of school was a little bit tricky when it got to the end because I was already bored with it. And I was like, man, I just wish this would be over. So, like, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm going into public administration. So I think that's kind of that's kind of up your alley, isn't it, Ashley, with the business um, stuff that you've done? Well, my, my bachelor's is in project management, but um, okay. it's, you know, I did I went to Colorado um, Technical University, so it was kind of mm-hmm. the same thing. It was the five yeah. week, yeah, um, which was great, especially because you could do it online and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's great. It's you learn so much. You, the people you meet and like in your classes from all over the United States. Well, mine was all, all over. If I could talk all over the world because there was a lot of veterans. Well, active duty, yeah. Um, so they were from wherever they were stationed because um, it's a big military school. Um, but yeah, it yeah, it, it didn't start getting bad until quantitative data analysis and uh, uh, yeah, I had quantitative data analysis and accounting for business leaders last term. And then this term is a lot easier. I have finance um, and economics, which I had macro and micro undergrad. So wow that's that's really cool i love i love that um it's man it's just so cool to think about it's bs no you're getting a bs in bs no i already have a bs this is bs too oh okay i'm getting an mba it said just a bunch of bs going on around school one Um, more year i always thought that that was like there's such a weird like way to like describe a degree is like oh i got a bs and i'm like really dude you got a bs huh okay cool um but it means you know bachelor of science but i'm thinking like bullshit um <laughs> well, and the crazy thing is is that there's a lot of bas and stuff and they have to have less credits i had to have 180 to graduate with a bs degree it's like oh really a bs that's bs i have to have 120 for my graduation yeah most people it's like 120 160 no yeah Oh, good, good for you. That's BS, people. That's BS. <laughs> it's BS. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I'm going through the Department of Rehabilitation here in California and because of my substance use disorder diagnoses and uh, my ADHD diagnoses and also my learning disability from high school even, um, you know, the, the state is basically funding my college. And um, I, I don't think I'm even going to have to pay anything, which is like insanely amazing well, so. you'll be surprised you'll like you'll do so well and because it's you know it's what you want to do you're ready to go back and mm-hmm. and it's you know what you're interested in and you know you're doing it in a way that works for you yeah. um i mean i went to college right after high school and had a full ride and i'd quit going and you know like i could not you know high school and stuff you know i could bs my way through and then when you have to write papers and you have to do all this stuff and you can't bs your way out of it um i didn't know how to study so going back you know i was what 36 when i got my bachelor's so yeah that's that's great man like are you you? i'm 41 dude it's never too late yeah psychology and community studies man 
It's so, it's never too late. Oh, and uh, Bruce, uh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't see your message down there. I was on the other chat. Um, uh, so the music that I was playing was around 160 to 180 uh, beats per minute. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's real fast, but but you can dance to it if you divide it in half because hip-hop is is um 80 to 90 beats per minute so or maybe 75 depending if you if you got a real slow one going but um yeah good good stuff there um yeah you know uh marshall it's never too late man like i i went back to school when i first got clean and um i was doing in-person classes at the community college and it was dude it was crazy but like i strived so much and i did so well in school you know, it was like, man, it was just like I was born to go to school. And like Ashley said, you know, you're, you'll do so well now it's something you want to do. I think before for me, school was like it, it was a necessity because I was in high school. And it was like your parents, oh, you got to go to high school in order to be able to become something in life. And and at that time, my, my goal was to get into the military. And so I had to complete high school. So um, but now it's a choice that I want to do. It's a choice to learn. It's a choice to take in that knowledge. I didn't know a lot of things until I got, got into college. Um, education was one of the biggest things that, that really, like, evolved my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I, myself, too, am a student. I love studying learning new things because when I was younger, I got expelled from every school from freaking junior. My whole life expelled for behavior problems because I didn't fit the standard to what that school wanted me to be. That's why I couldn't learn. When I got into college... I mean, Dean's List twice, first two years in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, and I, I haven't been in school in almost 20 years. I've been expelled every school I've been to yeah. but because I wanted to learn these things. It's different when you right. want this stuff. Yeah, man. Same thing, man. I was I was on the Dean's List. Um, I, I would have actually maintained a perfect 4.0 during my whole thing, but I bought my car. And it was taking so long at the dealership and I didn't have a car to get to school. And, and for me, school was 35 minutes away in, in a little uh, city called Woodland. And um, I had already missed the um, lotted amount of classes that I could miss before my grade <laughs> automatically dropped. Mm-hmm. And so I missed one. I missed two classes that day, two separate classes. And uh, it was crazy because like I had a, like a, a 116, you know, percent in the class, which is like way over it. Um, yeah, we got to wait for Carl to take a breath. Sorry. I'm, I'm telling my story right now, so you're going to have to wait. Um, but (laughs) sorry. Um, but yeah, man, it's just crazy. Like, you know, to think about like how well I did in school when I decided to go back. All right, Brett, you want to fire it off for Jr. So he can go to bed. By special request from Jr. Thank you. I made two sheets of bacon. <laughs> and then the JR imitation version. Yes, please. Bacon. Oh. Dude, it's not quite the same. It's not. Um, so a little backstory for everybody that's still sticking around of this mayhem all, going on here. <laughs> yeah, all five of us. And and four of us are in the in the stream right now. Do we count as people that are on the stream? No. Oh, okay, okay, good. Um <laughs> so uh, the bacon story is that, that my boss, Miss Sheila, um, and, and if you guys are ever looking for good bacon to, um, <laughs> exactly, Miss <laughs> Sheila, she's never going to see this, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> that, um, if you guys are looking, uh, 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 oh gosh, uh, Johnsonville bacon is the best Ooh, bacon. I love Johnsonville. 
man, Johnsonville bacon is the best bacon you can get around. And I'm going to tell you why, because when you cook it, it doesn't really get small and it doesn't shrivel up on you either. It doesn't curl. It doesn't do anything. When that that. happens, when it shrivels up. Right. So she cooks her bacon and this, this lady, she can cook some motherfucking bacon. Oh, it's so good. Damn it. I know you're going to use that one too, Brett. <laughs> but, oh, you're going to use this whole bit on bacon, aren't you? This is going to be the bacon bit. Okay. Yeah, I, need this is, down, I need to write down a time code. Yeah, this is, um, this is, uh, you're at one minute and 25 or one hour and 25 minutes. So uh, just write that down there, buddy. Um, Brett is notorious for putting up uh, wild clips of me going off on bacon. So, so Marshall, right. are you excited about Mobilize this year? Okay, I am. Go, I am so excited. I'm not even sure what. Like, we don't. Even, I don't even know what's going on. They never let us know. We don't know if it's Vegas. We don't know if it's going to be freaking space. It's going to be Miami. No, but it's got, but I heard it's going to be something epic. I just hope it's It'll not be- the same weekend as the annual conference for Florida, because I. Can- as the president, it's hard to miss that. <laughs> I can't. Well, can me, my excuse be? Um, sorry, I can't do my duties. I I don't know. Vegas was just. I like I said. I it was so awesome to be in a place that like you think Vegas is this big sin city, but you no, know, there's fucking recovery. Excuse me, language the movement going on in Vegas right now. There's, yeah. there's recovery stuff going on in places where you think that it's no recovery. You're finding love in places where we've been told there's nothing about hate and. Shit, it's a liar, man. The lion. They want us divided. Come together, my recovery creatures. That's and right. they're the best people ever. You know, like I love the people I've met through recovery, like throughout the United States, and sometimes more than the people in my own community. Brett, I'm sending you a um a picture. I'm wondering if you can get it up on your on the screen here, uh, because I want everybody to see who Miss Sheila is. Um God, I really have, hope that's Do we have to get a press release for this? No, we don't because <laughs> I, I'm in the picture. So therefore, or uh, we're going to text. What? We're going to. Oh, you want. Uh, I'm, I'm asking how you're sending it. Uh, it's going to be on text, buddy. Okay, because I'm on, I'm on Do Not Disturb. So I just want to make sure. Okay, well, un, undo not disturb. We're, we just want to have some reference on who Miss Sheila is. Um, so, she She's. Yeah, go ahead, Ashley. I was going to ask him what's next. I know he has big plans and big visions. Do you want to share any of those with us? I do. Thank mm. you. Yes. It's almost so, like I read your mind. It's amazing. So, last mobilize. Sorry, I'm choking on Chip. <laughs> it's that real. Last mobilized, I stood up and I was I was talking about this thing I wanted. It just came out of my head. We were sitting talking about all these things that we could do and um, how everybody's coming together in America and how just this beautiful thing that we see happening. And it came to me, yo, why don't we do a flash mob all across America in 2024? So Mobilize America 2024, right now um, – we're working on getting all the states together to come to get 50 states organized because on 2024, we want to flood the state houses and all across the 50 states with mm. a message. And nobody knows what the message is going to be because we haven't even figured it out yet, but it's going to be our message. But what's going to be leading up to it is the fun part. It's getting the 50 states together. Mm. So um, 
if anybody would like to um, get involved all across America, get in touch of Ashley Grimes, J.R. Weaver, uh, Marshall Mercer, or anybody that is mobilizing in America, at least with us. And let's do this, man. Mobilize America. Uh, think about this, right? Think about if we all move together at the same time, or if we were all in communication with each other, or if we all started organizing together. I know one thing, when I came into the, the game, I had so many biases about so many different things. I was molested as a child. I had all these other biases against, you know, yeah. LGBTQ, all that, all that stuff I had. When I came to the table with my brothers and sisters of the struggle, and I started coming together and moving together and organizing with all my people, those biases slowly started disappearing. If we mm -hmm. can start organizing America in the same sense, if we can start getting people to come together and just coming to the table and talking about these things, mm -hmm. um, there's things we can do together that we haven't done yet. And relational organizing is something I was taught through these communities. Um, when we organize together, we start to give each other this energy together. We become one. We start to love one another. We start to not see colors. We start not to see um, different things. We start to move together. We start to have fun together. This energy changes, you know. This movement happens. So if we can think about doing that in each state, starting to come together, and then mm -hmm. have states come together and having the same conversations, and then regions come together, then what if the world came together? Yeah. What's the opposite of addiction? Connection. What if the world came together and said we had enough? We had enough of the elections. We had enough of the people that ran the countries. We had mm -hmm. enough of the leaders that we had. We decided we don't want them to do that no more. We decided mm -hmm. to come up together at the same time. Yeah. What do you think could happen? That's a vision anyways. So. Yeah. Because when you come together like that, I'm no longer Ashley, the, you know, person to recover, former addict or whatever you want to call it. I'm Ashley. You get to know me when, when you get to know Marshall, it's it's Marshall. It's not like his past. It's not Jr.'s past. Like when we show people that we're mm -hmm. people, yeah, then we're no longer the label. Right. Person. I love that so much, man. Man, that's good stuff. That's really good stuff. You need a meme. Yeah. We're no longer Brett. the label. Brett, are we? Are we? Uh, are we? Are we about out of time, Brett? My brother. From I don't know, mother. man. Well, I, I got something I wanted um, to read, if not. Um, okay. If I can find it. So, 636 people died last year, um, last year of overdoses. Um, mm -hmm. And um, we were creating crosses to do an action um, this year. And I ended up writing this, uh, if I can find it, which I probably won't be able to. This called Spoken Word. About the 636 deaths, but it's okay. I can find it right in here. So I, I want to stuff. I wanted to read that information. Stuff. Yeah, right. Marshall, you had one job, brother. One job. I, I, can you can you hear me still? <laughs> oh yeah, we can hear you. Right, good. We can hear you. Well, I can I can see that that thing I wanted to read y'all in here. I'm gonna find it. All right. Marshall, okay. while while you're looking for that, um, Brett, you want to throw that uh, that little uh, image up there, so everybody can get a, get an idea of of 
<laughs> Carl's fantastic. work shenanigans. Yeah, my work shenanigans. These That's are the why, type of well, pictures. That, that explains why I can always hear her when I call you because you guys sit so Dude, close we sit so close. To, I mean, she has the ability to reach across and smack me in the back of my head. And trust <laughs> me, and it's happened should. many, many times um, with the BS that I that I bring gonna, to the office. I'm just gonna, I, you need to change your voicemail instead of it being Carl. It should be Carl and Sheila's voicemail. <laughs> yeah, right. Should, you've reached Carla and Sheila's <laughs> office. Um, Carl and Sheila's. Carla and Sheila's. Sheila's. Oh, but then we got Miss Val in there too because Miss Val. Um, she, she literally sits right next to me. Oh, we're a hot mess when all three of us are together. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for showing that buddy. I appreciate that. I hope she never sees the show cause I'm never going to find that. her on Facebook and I'm going to send it to her. <laughs> Did you find it Marshall? I got it. Uh, all right. Let's hear it. Are we ready? All right. So I call this six thirty six. song. I can still hear the quiet, faint voices calling the wind. Feel all the spirits from deep, deep within. I can see them in your smiles. I can even see them in your tears. When I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I can even see them there. They follow me to work. Yeah, I just bring them right back home. They're with me on the road. They're with me everywhere I go. They are the few that continues to keep this fire in my heart to continue to grow. But lately, I've been feeling like I'm going crazy on this long, wide open, dark, broken road with no hope, like nothing even faces me. Caught up in this day like my very existence started to fade away. But wait a minute. I'm still trying to pave the way. I'm still surprised I made it another day, so please pray for me. And I know many of you feel the same way because I can see the same pain in those beautiful faces I can see you daily. While trapped in this game, when we try to build spaces, speaking truth to power as it continues to keep stacking these cases. Damn, I'm starting to feel dirty. I just want to take a shower. While dozens of these panic attacks like each and every hour, damn, this work can easily turn our sweetheart sour. Seems like there's an everyday overdose apocalypse from dawn to the witch's hour. Plus, they keep locking us up in slavery. It's been this fear that keeps us empowered, bravery. Though whatever the love of this recovery community when it first embraced me, it was all new to me, somewhat confusing, but man, what it continues to keep doing for me, such amazing graces. And if the opposite of addiction is connection, then why are all these laws just keeping us all disconnected, separated, cast away, feeling unaccepted, left for dead, while the spirit and the rest of us becomes fed up and restless? Yeah, test us. We won't continue to make this an exception. Already ready to rise up, start up to disrupt all these rigged elections. Nevertheless, we'd rather be right in the middle of the streets, Help those that oppress us clear up all the messes. Now, yes, this is a New Testament. Like some of us are still waiting for Yahweh, others are still waiting for their Yeshua. Well, we stand a slave to whatever they keep selling us. But listen, homies, I'm trying to tell you, we better start building and bonding right now or be left for the devil. Because I don't know about you, but for me, addiction was a form of hell, and I'm on a whole nother level. 636. Wow, that's amazing. I love that. We had 636 people die last year of... um. Accidental overdose that could have been really um put aside, man. If we was that, was that stopped, in Maine? yeah, man. Okay, because I was gonna say like in Daytona, we had like three hundred and something just in my county mm-hmm. last year. That think about that everywhere now. Now think about what it was before the pandemic, right? So we had an epidemic and a pandemic. So it's like this pandemic giving us an excuse to forget about the epidemic. It's like, I don't know what happened out there, but we went from like 100 times. And we don't even know because everything is like, um, back then when everybody died, it was because of a um, pandemic or this or that or whatever. You know? Yo, there's a mess out there. Mm, yeah, We need to come together 
and figure out these things. And we also need to change the way we, we look at this disease. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, there's all kinds of studies. It might not even be, you know, there's all, it might not even be a disease. It might be a coping mechanism that, you know, it becomes a disease because it changes your brain. But, it, you know, like, it's still not a choice, but there's just so many different options of what it could be. We don't even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's so many it's, pathways to get there too. That's the beautiful thing about yeah. it. I know the new thing is they don't, you know, the, the guidance is about, you know, it, it is diseased and that means it's chronic. It's lifelong. It takes away the, you know, hope. So they, they're, I don't know. Yeah. Join us. Uh, hey, Jason. Jason, my buddy. Jason. Jason, we're gonna sing you a song. I'm about to go see another one of Jason's guys ah. in a little bit. Oh, really? What? Who? Who are you saying? My recovery friendly workplace buddy from Mobilize. <laughs> yeah. Oh, another you know one. Right? Another one, Brett. Do you, do you feel like we're, we're like part, the third we're, wheel? We're the outcasts. <laughs> yeah, we're the outcasts. Yeah. We're not part of. We're not privy to this type of. Of um community, I guess. I mean, yeah. you know, Connecticut and Florida are going to come together and create wow. chaos what about, in Miami. What about California and Florida? Do you think we could get together? I mean, well, are you coming to your covers in Miami this weekend? If if I ever get invited, it's it's not an invitation. It's a conference. Wow, really, Ashley? <laughs> see, see how she does me, Brett. She's like, well, you don't even need an invitation. You just need to pay the money and show up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. You made That's a temple. A... <laughs> Ashley, um, I'm going to ask you. Uh, I totally forgot about our interview tonight. Oh, I'm so grateful that you forgot. I, I didn't want to cancel and be like, but to have to talk a long longer. I'm like, okay. You, you get Let's you get res- energized with this. This drains me. This is I'm an introvert. Yeah. No, I'm, I get drained. I get drained on the live show by the end. Like, I'm like, oh, it's time for dinner. Um, and we got Marshall over there eating chips. I'm like, oh, I can't stop. Dude, eating those, chips. dude, those are the best chips. Oh, yeah. Yes. Man. Oh, bro. Tell Courtney Man. I said hi. And I love all the things that she posts and everything you, that y'all are doing up there in Maine. Yo. You know, Big shout out to Courtney Allen, by the way. I just wanted to say Courtney Allen has um, put together a lot of these people out here. Like she's a collector of people. Um, she sees things in people and she just puts them together and puts them out there and see what happens. I think it's a project sometimes. It's sometimes a science project, and you never they know. It's the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, good, yeah. they're they're awesome. from the same cloth. Good don't, man. Don't introduce them. Uh, it might be they good know each other. <laughs> they already know each other, man. They're, they met at Mobilize, didn't you know? No. Well, they might have put Mobilize there. together. We never even know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brett and I wouldn't know because we've never been. We haven't been oh. privy to that invite yet. That's all right, though. No, you, have okay, to, you have to fill out an application, Carl. Oh, yeah. We do have to fill out an application. You know what I did is when I met my uh, counselor today uh, for the Department of Rehabilitation, I put that down as one of my educational goals is to be invited to Mobilize Recovery. You have to apply. It's not an invitation. Yeah, it's not an invite, though. I know, but I am. It, don't don't act like you're entitled to go anywhere. You have to apply. Mira, <laughs> look, I put up, my application pay in. And, and pay money. <laughs> uh, look, I'll put my application in. Jr. is going to co-sign it for me because he likes to co-sign all of my BS. Um, <laughs> Jr., you hear that? 
I'm bougie. Yes, I am bougie. Dang it. <laughs> Marshall, you have no idea what you walked into on this show, brother. That's okay. You have no I, idea. Have no idea what goes on out here either. Right? A lot of crazy crap. <laughs> you know. Oh, man. What a good show tonight. I man. want to visit y'all. Yeah, so well, where's everybody? California? I'm, I'm in California. Yeah. He's in Texas. I'm in Texas. Yeah, Texas. Florida. Yeah, so we really have like pretty much the broad spectrum of the U.S. represented on this show, and you're in Maine. And you know so, what we can do with that power? See, that's how we connect people. Things like this, getting people together to sit yeah. at the table and just yeah, throw up or whatever. You never know. We we could we could have fun with this. There's so yeah. much fun we could have. I love Maine people, like the people that I've met from me rap, and then like mm. Michael, like he's not really part of, it, but he's like yeah. come together with you guys. I'm like. That's all I really know about Maine. So to be honest, and uh, it's been a great, like, I have such a great, like, high regard for Maine because we all. Wasn't that um, Coda movie filmed in Maine? Coda. Yeah, Coda. It won three three Academy Awards, man. I stopped watching TV once the pandemic happened. I said, fuck it. I'm not watching it. Oh, you got to watch it, man. That's such a good movie, man. Coda? I'll look it up. Yeah, it's called CODA. It won three Academy Awards, so it's it's it, it, re, it involves the deaf deaf community and um, this girl that grew up with parents and and a brother that were both that were all deaf and she's hearing, so she is fluent in American Sign Language and also English, and so she um, basically is her life as an interpreter for them and and kind of the dynamic struggles that you know happen within their family and how she's trying to create this identity for herself but that parents don't necessarily understand because they've never heard her sing before and she's this amazing vocal artist so yeah really really good stuff and oh and jason's from from minnesota don't you know well i was talking to somebody the other day you you just reminded me and we talked about bringing people to the table like i haven't had anyone that i've seen like you know that's deaf in the recovery community i'm like we need to bring you know I'm sure that there's substance use disorder that struggles there because of, you know, having to overcome Mm -hmm. things and just, I mean, it's everywhere. So it's obvious. So we need to get into some of these communities that we don't think about and bring them to the table too. I can see if my friend Kay can come on the uh, show. I did an interview with her and she is a coda. She was, she grew up with um, a child of deaf adults and um, she is now a ASL interpreter and does ASL work for the local and um, regional Narcotics Anonymous community in California. And so she has started a couple of ASL recovery meetings that are specifically designed for people that are, are non-hearing. That's cool, too. Um, RAP has an inclusivity caucus for things like that as well. We yeah. try to invite people, um, create safe spaces for um, disabled, mm-hmm. socioeconomic, um, you know, we... we we need more spaces for more people. We don't even know. Next year, there could be a whole dancer. Yeah, Tudor. That's a, that'd be a great yeah. guest. Yeah, he, yeah, that dude was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. What he's That dude has to accomplish for his recovery. And he says the same thing. There's not no spaces for him as well. There's so mm-hmm. many spaces that has not been created for people yet that we don't yeah. even know of yet. Well, and sometimes, I don't know. I could be completely wrong on this because I'll put that out there. But... Sometimes creating a space divides too. Like, you know, I want to bring 
the space to everybody. And if somebody's not willing to let other people to the to the table, then they need they to go away. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I worry about creating too many tables because right. it, it does create division too. Like, but I come from you know, like I'm not saying no. I'm right. I have no, no idea. No, no. This is what you say. Right. See, we we can't create anything for anybody. But the problem is, the spaces that hasn't been created. For instance, like me, there's not too many black spaces. I go around right. organizing things. I don't see my people anywhere a lot. Yeah. Uh, and that creates things for me, too. But also, there's spaces out there. Maybe it's not welcome to people. So a lot mm-hmm. of people don't come in. So when I say yeah. creating spaces, I don't mean we can create spaces for people. But there may mm-hmm. be spaces that haven't been created for people to feel welcomed in. Like yeah, we need to kick the other people out that aren't welcoming to them. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you get your butt out of the table. Or empower them to create that space, give them the space to create the space for them. Not give them, but mm-hmm. create a space of, of of a space where they can grow in too. Yeah. Yeah, and thrive. Yeah. I mean, like you said about the meetings, I mean, that's, you know, beautiful. Creating like, space. That's awesome, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and even at our, uh, because we just had the Northern California Convention happen uh, last weekend, and at the um, all, pretty much every single uh, meeting we have at, at, inside of that convention, they have an ASL interpreter um, at the meeting. So I, I, it's I, it's really cool to see. Man, I get so like lost in watching the ASL interpreter, and I'm picking up ASL now because my partner um, is is deaf, and so they're teaching me, you know, sign language, and it's so cool to watch because that interpreter puts in so much emotion and so much effort into the message that they're trying to convey. And my friend Kay told me that one of the requirements for their interpreter students to go through the course is that they have to have a whole conversation just in facial expressions. They can't use their hands. It can only be talked about in facial expressions. And it's such a language that involves the whole body to convey the message and to tell the story. And, and I think that ASL is, is one of the most beautiful languages um, that we have out there, um, you know, because it really involves your whole soul and body to convey this message. Uh, you guys can go on YouTube and look up a song that is interpreted with ASL. Like that hip hop. Like it's that. so I was gonna say, crazy. I've seen a few of those videos. Those are cool. I've it's seen so crazy, Yeah. I would love to have someone tell their story and be signing as well because I've never seen it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, maybe we could ask Kay to come on and she could sign her story because she does she does ASL. It was an amazing. She has such an amazing story. If you guys want to check her out on my podcast, um, she's kind of she was I think like episode thirteen or fourteen or something. Um, but really cool story, man. Really cool story. Um, it's called the Drunken Worm Podcast. Brett, you got the logo to throw up there. Uh, What's your name? My name Case? is Carl. Oh, hey, yeah. Name. Hey. Yeah. Hey, K-A-Y. K-A-Y. Yeah. Um, I got that that you put in there. Yeah. Huh? yeah that's... Are you talking? Was it Kanisha? No, her. No, not her. I know. I know that one. I know her too. The um, the black gal that was over on the east coast. Is that who you're talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Those are labels. I don't speak those la- labels. Um, <laughs> just giving you a hard time. Oh my gosh. Um. Wow. No. No. Because she and I are friends on Facebook too, and she's deaf, but she was hearing growing up most of her life, and then because of her addiction, she became deaf. 
mm. um, and lost her hearing. Uh, let me, I'm going to pull it up right now and I'll tell you exactly what episode it is. Um, let me pull up my, my um, buzz route here. Um, but yeah, really, really good stuff. Oh man, such good stuff being talked about tonight. Um, Marshall, we're, we're so glad that you've come on the show and, and we can talk about all these things, man. Um, let's see here. Okay, I'm so, so excited about you coming. I've been like yeah. celebrating for weeks. See each other, man, because it's like we a little Texas here and there and get to the little posts and stuff. But it's like no building, man. It's no building. Ever since yeah. that, that mobilized, I think it was getting everybody to come together has brought that energy that's that we're still looking for. It's that, that camaraderie of, of people coming together, like-minded people with shared values. Yeah, it's awesome, man. And putting us okay. down is hard. I mean, like getting me on the phone is hard. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll figure that out, though. All right, so, so it's ep- next year. episode fifteen, and um, it's it's called episode fifteen CODA: How K is helping the deaf in and out of the rooms. That's cool. Check one. it out. Yeah, check it out. It's it's her story is so powerful, man. Man, it was just crazy powerful. And if you have a story that's unique that we haven't told, everybody's story is unique. We haven't told, yeah. but you know, come, reach out to us. We want to we want to yeah. tell it. We don't care if you're a celebrity. We we want to tell everyone's story. Yeah, you know, it's so important for us to get the message out there. So, all right, guys. Well, I think. Um, Ashley, you have anything you want to add to the show, madam? No, I think I've added all I can add. Oh, okay. Brad, how about you, sir? Bro, I made two sheets of bacon. <laughs> Dude, when did I send that to you? That it was had a while to have, ago. Dude, it had to have been when I was cooking bacon here at the house and I was like on tech support with Miss Sheila on how to make bacon at the house. I don't know. I was clearing out my old voicemails and ran across that one, and I couldn't stop laughing, so I had to pull it. I'm going on and make bacon as soon as I go. Yeah, I'm hungry, so let's focus. Yes. Yeah, I'm very hungry. Yeah, I'm starving like Mervin. Yeah, let's close close it out. All Um, right, Brett, it's all you, buddy. Oh, no pressure. Uh, Like Carl mentioned at at the top of the show almost two hours ago, if you are on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to the channel and be sure to enable the notifications so you know when we go live. And in case you guys haven't figured it out, it's every Thursday night. Um, We're also working on that new segment of Ask Doc Marty. So if you guys have any questions for Doc Marty, you can use the following link to leave us a voice message, which is speak-to.us slash RRL, and you can record a voice memo. Mm. Um, do we have any other announcements? Yes, I, I want to tack on to that, and we're going to build a web page specifically for the Ask Doc Mar because there are some disclaimers that we want to put in there. Um, these are going to be general responses. It's not a therapy session. He isn't going to be your therapist, um, but he will be giving a general response, and we would like a pointed question. So, um, you know, if say you have problems with, um, no, the Ashley, pr- brace yourself, self care, right? Say, Doc Marty, I really struggle with self care. Or, Doc Marty, I really struggle with going over to my parents' house and I know that they're drinking, right? So um, he's going to be able to 
give you a general response and we're going to have the uh the stuff up on the website but if you guys would like to go ahead and leave a message for doc marty uh we can start the segment and then he and i are going to go through the messages and we are going to do a pre-recorded um segment for that and again you can go to https uh forward slash forward slash speak to us dot or speak to dot us forward slash um rrl Oh boy, it's late. Um, and you'll be able to uh, get the message over to Doc Marty. And it's seven hope... o'clock your time, bud. Dude, it's not um, late. It's late. Oh, it is seven o'clock. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch a movie. I no, I gotta it. go to the meeting, dude. Oh yeah, that's so many. Seven things. o'clock. Oh my god. Kind of clock over here. What the hell? Hey, right? you're in, you're in Cali. Uh, yeah. That's he's right. in the state that 49 other states don't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, really a bell? Wow. A sad party. Oh here. my goodness. Oh my goodness. All right, Brett, you want to take it home, man? <laughs> One more time oh just my for God. good, good just measure. Awful. Oh, thank you guys for joining us on another episode of Recovery Revolution Live. We will be back next Thursday for another live episode and um remember guys, progress not perfection. Yeah.